Good time of the day, and welcome to another episode of And When I Say I Mean, I'm your co-host Austin. And I am your other co-host Adrian. So it seems as if we got matching haircuts this weekend, or this week, is that true? Did you get a haircut? I didn't get a haircut. What? You're just you're just cruelly deceived because I trimmed my beard. No, I I don't believe that. You it, you de- well, regardless, I got a haircut. Um, I did notice that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was uh, okay. It's Monday today as we're recording this, mm-hmm. and I thought for sure that Linda's protege Chelsea does not cut hair on Mondays. So I got there, and I walk into Linda's, and I'm just very disappointed to see Chelsea there, and she cut my hair. And why it was Linda also not there? No, Linda was there. She was just upstairs at the time. Wow. Of me walking in, so I was very sad by that. I was I was sad because of this because uh, Linda requires no feedback or like not not even feedback no input from me at all mm-hmm. for the entire process of getting my hair cut i don't tell her what i want she doesn't ask what i want she doesn't <laughs> ask me about my day or talk about how cold it is outside or what i did for christmas which was months ago none of that i sit down in a chair Five minutes later, I stand back up. I've got a haircut. I give her a crisp $5 and two other dollars, and I'm out. And it's That's my not favorite. what happens with it's Chelsea? It's my favorite haircut situation. And no, it's not what happened with Chelsea. Uh, because she asked me, what length of razor guard do I want? Because Linda doesn't use a razor guard. She just uses a comb and a razor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And does whatever she feels. Um, so I had to tell Chelsea what la- razor, not laser guard, <laughs> what razor guard I wanted. Though, and I did have to talk about lasers too, because she's like, "What do you do?" And I'm like, "I've already told you this, Chelsea. Mm. I shoot lasers underwater." Um. So yeah, it it's it's much worse. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Mm-hmm. But no, I didn't get a haircut. I just shaved off most of my beard. Well, it looks mostly gone. Yeah, and now I look at my face, and I'm like, my face is shaped weird. I'm not used to seeing my face shaped the way that it is. Hmm. But Sorry. It's okay. Sorry about it's that. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that unsettling for you in a in an existential sense that you just you don't recognize your own self? No, I still recognize myself. You just think you look funny though? Well, yeah. I mean, my face has been like longer cuz I've had a beard mm-hmm. and now it's shorter, and so my face the shape looks wrong. Huh. So well, sorry. But I I don't feel any existential crisis crisis that's good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm. so think what, what else what did you do what else did i did this week um 
I should have been thinking about these things. I um, see you're in your mind palace. <laughs> well, that's just... It, it, I'm not searching through anything, really. I have no idea what I did. Um, do you have anything while I think yeah. about what I did? So, I, I kept telling people that Paddington is the most amazing film in the world. Mm -hmm. And that it was absolutely and horrendously snubbed by the Oscars. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I watched Paddington this weekend. Nice. And everyone was skeptical. But just like every time I watch Paddington with anyone, people walk away just flabbergasted with joy and loveliness and mm -hmm. charmingness. Everything is beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Paddington wins again. Always. Mm -hmm. Always wins. Um, yesterday, I made split pea soup. Okay. Did you also turn 65 and a grandma? Um, kind of. Speaking <laughs> of turning 65 and a grandma. <laughs> yeah? No, not really. I haven't turned into a grandma. Um, that would be a bemusing turn of events but frequently i just drink hot water like mugs of hot water mm -hmm. um and people make fun of me because apparently only old women do that actually it's very popular in china well i should move to china then mm -hmm. it's it's like it's more normal than tea or coffee huh well i should go to china then because then people wouldn't make fun of me um, so in that way, maybe I'm an old grandma, but I made split pea soup with a big piece of ham in it that wasn't my favorite part of the entire soup was like shredding the ham after it had been mm -hmm. stewing. Yeah. Um, not, not a big fan of that part. I cut chicken for the first time this past week okay. and it's gross. Mm-hmm. It, so... I learned recently that the German word for meat is Fleisch, and it's spelled flesh. And mm -hmm. it, that becomes very apparent that that's what meat is yeah. as you're slicing it raw. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I did that. And then I also last night stayed up and finished an absolutely remarkable thing by Hank Green. Mm. Oh. So here we are, like five months later. Yeah. I finished it. What'd you think? Um, but well, I'll get to that later because I was okay. gonna maybe recommend it. Okay, I'll um, put it out of my mind. Okay, good. Um, Saturday we had youth group, which was good. We had ice cream cake. We have so many people. So many youth have birthdays in January. There's like seven of them, which is like half. Mm. Um. What kind and of ice then, cream cake? Um, Oreo crumbles with vanilla and butterfingers. It was homemade. I, I can't imagine Fudgy the Whale is not good, but have you ever had Fudgy the Whale? Mm -mm. No, I yeah. haven't. I feel like I'm really missing out in life because of that. I don't know. Andy Bernard suggested it, so. But have you seen it? No, do I need to like Google it right yeah, now? Yeah, just Google Fudgy the Whale. It looks delicious. It's ice cream cake, so like it, the floor for ice cream cake is a very high floor. No, this does not look good. My my 
expectations. This looks terrible. No, you're are, wrong. Are these all jokes? Fudgy the Whale is not a joke, Jim. <laughs> Millions of people <laughs> suffer every year. No, this looks terrible. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I must be looking at the wrong thing. Is it shaped like a whale? <laughs> yes, it's shaped like a whale. <laughs> that looks delicious. I don't know what you're talking about. No! This does not look delicious. No, I'm going I would, to the Wikipedia page. I would eat that. Are you kidding me? It just looks so boring. <laughs> Why is it a whale? It's shaped like a whale. Oh How, my goodness. What what is more boring? Just a regular cake? Yeah, no. That's more boring because it doesn't it's just as a brown whale. How many brown <laughs> whales have you seen in your life? <laughs> How many whales have you seen in your life? Quite a few, actually. Most of mm. them aren't brown. Well, Anyway, anyways, I think um, it, I still stand by it would be good. It's ice cream cake. Okay, I'm sure it tastes good, but it's not going to be my cho- top choice for ice cream cakes. Hmm. Well, so I saw Vice on Saturday. Oh, nice! It's it's in Potsdam. I was shocked. Wow. Mhm. Um, we can also talk about that maybe later. Mhm. I'll put it um, out of my mind. Okay, and. Our um, church has put together, I'm not even sure if I'm supposed to say this out loud, but they talked about it on Sunday. Our church has put together a paper about the roles of men and women play in leadership in the church and how that applies to our um, congregation. So we were charged with looking, well, we weren't charged with, but we volunteered. We could volunteer to read through the paper and then submit our response and thoughts about it. So I did that on Saturday as well. Hmm. Friday, I feel like I did something, but there's also a chance I did nothing. I don't remember. I'm sorry if anybody is listening who I was spending time with. Friday. And yeah, now I forget. Well, too bad. Anyway, are you are you done recapping your week? I think so. I feel I feel like I need to do a better job of recapping my week sometimes. Oh, guess what? I, what happened? What? Saturday you found morning. Found Fudgy the whale. No. Saturday morning, I get up. At, my alarm goes off at eight thirty. Mm-hmm. I hit go back to bed because that's my life. Next thing I know, bring, 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 my phone is ringing, and guess who's calling me? It's Oliver. It's Oliver. Oliver gives me a call. So I get to talk to Oliver I heard on that Saturday morning. <laughs> you, you just rolled out of bed when they talked to you. <laughs> I literally didn't roll out of bed. I was still in bed nice. while I was having a conversation with them, so it was great. I saw a video of him looking at a lot of bagels. Just saying my name over and over again. I don't know why this video happened, but it's one of my favorites. <laughs> That's adorable. I liked him out in the snow. Mm-hmm. He looked like the red... Marshmallow man? Like Eric the Red. <laughs> uh, oh, man. But anyway, tragedy struck this week 
as okay. I was I was rolling out some dough to make chapatis. Um, sounded like you were paying people. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was literally rolling dough. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know how I've been worried about my succulents. Yes. My succulents are now on the table because I tried to move them away from the windowsill. Tragedy. My oldest f- long-term friend succulent no! fell from the table. Its pot shattered, and <laughs> it, its soil was spread all over the floor. No! But I think we managed to save it. It's now It's in one of my... It's in the mug that I got from being in marching band, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I've never done anything with. It now has a succulent in it. Mine um, held my toothbrushes at one point. I just nice. had one toothbrush, but uh, now it has a succulent in it. Mm-hmm. Did you? Where'd you get more dirt? We got some soil from uh, Father Christopher's garage. Nice. Because uh, he's gardening. Not nice. now. But later, did I tell you guys I was watering his strawberries and saved a, a sparrow that was trapped in the net? Is this a recent story? Or no, no, no. no. This, from is like from, last this is June. from when I was cat sitting. No, I don't September. remember this story. Oh, okay. So I'm watering the strawberries that Father Christopher has. And I see a bird trapped in the netting that he has over the strawberries to keep things from eating them. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know what to do but i went over and rescued it from this net it escaped the snare that had been set for it mm-hmm. from the fowler's net has it fled anyway that's why he has soil um so i was able to to repot my longest and largest succulent nice i'm so glad to hear that i was very distraught. I'm to glad too. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad. I'm. I'm glad how distraught you were. That is. That is the proper <laughs> level of being distraught over my succulents. So thank okay. you. Uh, of course, it's my pleasure. Mm-hmm. So, we got a question from Tyler from Cedarville this week, uh, asking about something I said in the last episode. I said that paraphrase quotes I would never watch YouTube in public because being in public is basically a show this is in reference to me being very confused about you going and doing things at coffee shops um, and so Tyler is wondering is this this fear of judgment from other people or as he says fear of men what is it is it good and how does it affect the lives we live Mhm. Okay, so let's try to define what it is first. Mm-hmm. So this fear, essentially, is my phone ringing? Not important. Sorry. Not important. This fear, uh, which I think what Tyler is getting at, and what maybe you were getting at too, is there are things that I cannot do in public or around other people because of how they will react to me because of what I've done. Mm-hmm. In your example, watching YouTube in a coffee shop. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, I agree. Have you have you read the play by Jean-Paul Sartre? 
Unlikely, but maybe continue. No exit. No. Not ringing any bells. Okay, so no exit is a play that takes place in a sitting room uh, that turns out to be hell. Uh, And these people have all died. That seems rather classic. Huh? I I don't know. That seems like a classic, like, play thing. Yeah. You find out, like, halfway through, oh, wait, this is hell. Are you familiar with Jean-Paul Sartre? Maybe. Or Sartre. I have no idea how to say his is, last name. Is there is there anything else that I would know? He uh, is a famous existentialist. He wrote existentialist, Existentialism as a Humanism. Uh, he has a lazy eye. Represent. No, no, like a real lazy eye. <laughs> like not just like a half-closed eyelid, yeah. but an eye that is... Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. No, um, I'm not familiar. He was in a long-term relationship with uh, Simone de Boulevard. If this is supposed to help me understand who this is, you're probably going in the wrong direction. Okay, he is. he's one of the modernizers of existentialism. Him don't really al- know what that means. Him alongside Albert Camus. That name I recognize. They were contemporaries, though okay. Camus is way cooler. Anyway. Probably the reason why I know his name and not this other guy's. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, in this play, all of these people have done terrible things, and their their punishment is being with other people and not being able to be authentically themselves because of their perception of other people, uh, which leads to the most famous line of this play, hell is other people. And so I th- I think that's what Tyler is getting at, that the other people is implicitly thinking, putting judgment upon ourselves because we're we're judging ourselves based on the judgments we're assuming other people have of us. Mm-hmm. Okay. So would he argue then that you can only be yourself if you're not with other people? Nope. He said uh, you should just forget what other people think and be authentically yourself. Okay. Um. So is that the same or different than this other idea? Um I think it's the, I think it's the same thing. Um I could be wrong, but for me, like I don't want to watch YouTube in a coffee shop because I assume other people would be like, "Wow, this guy's watching YouTube. What a bum." Clearly if you're in a coffee shop, you should be writing a novel that no one will ever see. Mhm. Okay, so would there ever be a situation where you would watch YouTube in a coffee shop? No. Even what if, if I was alone in a coffee shop, I would not. I would not watch YouTube there. Right. So then it has nothing to do with the people that are there and their judgments of you. No, it does. It like anyone could be in this coffee shop, and because of that. Even if there are presently no people there, I wouldn't watch YouTube. Okay. Okay. I don't. 
I think we are probably on very different, not very different, but different ends of this spectrum, maybe. Mm-hmm. Although, maybe just, it, I, I, I don't know, words. It probably just manifests itself differently. Um, I I would guess. But anyways, we I maybe I'm thinking too much and not speaking enough. Yeah, explain so, yourself. So I so what you're describing is actions that you are taking because you are thinking about the perceive you are perceiving judgment from other people. No. N- not necessarily actions that I'm taking, but changing your behavior in response to th- you could do nothing in response to that. Doing nothing is an action, I would argue. Mm. I would actually, your your behavior is an action. Whatever. Okay. So, but we can use the term behavior if that makes you feel better. It does, yeah. Okay. Changing your behavior based on the perceived judgments of other people. Mm-hmm. So, where... So, what I was thinking was, okay, that looks very different because for me... To think that hell is other people is just absolute hogwash, right? Because for me, being alone is hell. So we, I think that when so when I hear that, I think, okay, well, I'm with other people. That's when I could be myself. No, no. But then so I was. He's he does. I don't think he means that in the sense that you're taking it. He's saying that like judgment doesn't exist without the the perception of someone else. Not that, like, he doesn't mean that other people are hell in, like, the colloquial sense that we right. would use it. Right, I understand. So I'm, I'm okay. talking through my real understanding of this, okay. what he's talking about. So for me, it seems like, oh, wow, obviously... I'm different than Austin because my behavior doesn't look looks more similar. What am I trying to say? It it know. may appear that I am closer to my self than you are around other people. However, this you still might disagree with what I'm saying so far. However, I think that my behavior does change just as much, if not the same amount. Well, I guess that's the same thing. I don't know about more, but just as much when I am with other people because of those perceived judgments, even though those behaviors look different between the two of us. Um, yeah, okay. Does I, that make like, any sense? I the, the way we behave differently is different. Is that, that what you're, that's what you're saying? Well, so just because you and I act differently when we spend time at a coffee shop, whereas I wouldn't care if people I, – I would watch a YouTube video without any care. Well, you wouldn't, or you would care about that. Just because our actual like, – like the absolute value of our behavior looks di- – no, that's not what I mean. Regardless, the the behavior that we're doing looks different. It doesn't mean that – the, change the value is the different. The absolute value is the same. Right, right, right. That's what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. We, we both are changing our actions, even if those actions and behaviors are different. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what would what would be something that would that you would change being in the presence of other people? 
I think, for starters, I pretend to be a lot smarter than I am or know a lot more things than I do. I frequently act like I have read a lot more books than I have, but really all that knowledge comes from talking to you about you what those books are. You don't do that in the privacy of your own room, though? No, why would there's nobody here. Why would I, I do that in the privacy to, of my own room? To lie to yourself? No, I just lie to other people. Okay. Ask Kelly. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I think, and and so speaking of asking Kelly, that's another thing I do all the time, right? Is I think one thing that I do and have been noticing, and hopefully I'm trying to change, is I like to be right, and I like to have people think that I am right. And so, any time that I'm right, whether it's like always knowing the time or like guessing a Jeopardy question right, I will emphasize that so that it gets remembered. But if I get something wrong or I misquoted something, I'll ignore it, hoping that everybody else ignores it as well. So you're and trying so like, to en enforce confirmation bias into your listening public? Yes. And I think that, Kelly, is why people, and, and Michelle, <laughs> is why people always listen to what I have to say, even though it's usually just garbage. I was really proud of us, by the way, okay. for, for not raising or Tim Horton cups on high in that group picture. I was so proud of us. <laughs> you guys are learning not to just Victory listen folks. to the straight yeah. nonsense that comes yes. from my mouth. Holly was there. Other than me. Holly, <laughs> in whom I am disappointed. Uh, but no offense, Holly. Y you get me. <laughs> yeah. So, So those are the types of behaviors that I would change when I'm with other people. It's so not so again. I think it's the same idea, right? The mm -hmm. the judgment I am receiving because of people, or how people are looking at me, or whatever, I change my behavior so that I can come across in a certain way. Mm -hmm. I'm much more withholding in public than I am in private. So mm -hmm. I was thinking about how uh, people that I don't know that listen to this podcast get just like this weird picture of me uh -huh. because I would never have a laughing fit about Fudgy the Whale in public because why what no that that would be awful mm -hmm. um and like I assume the way that Adrian and I walk into coffee shops is very different like if I see somebody that I know in a coffee shop it's like oh no this is bad and then uh, hopefully it's just like a hey and then we ignore each other the rest of the time. That's an ideal situation. Um, <laughs> Do you want to, <laughs> have I told this story about what one time I was in a coffee shop and I said hi to somebody that I didn't recognize, but mm -hmm. they clearly recognized me mm. and I had no idea who they were. So I like say hi to them because I just like saying hi to people and then sat down, get my coffee, sit back down. She then comes over to my table starts talking to me as if I like as if she knows me and that we have met before and in my mind I'm just like who is this person I don't know we just like talk for a long time and then she gives me a hug and so then I give her a hug back later I find out that I had met her before and I just didn't remember and somehow she had actually remembered who I was see I would never do that ever it was a great time <laughs> I there there's no way I would ever do that Mm -hmm, 
Um, and like I had to resist the temptation to just flee uh, when Connor knew my order. Uh, Connor is the barista at uh, Jernabi, which is one of the two one of two coffee shops in town. Mm-hmm. So when this first happened, I fled to Park Brothers, the other coffee shop. Um, and so I know the barista at Park Brothers knows what I order, but he has the decency to pretend that he doesn't, and I love that. That's like the epitome of me. That's what I want in life is to just be a regular at a coffee shop and just go up and, like, chat with the barista and be like hey how's it going you're like here's your coffee i know exactly what you want no. the regular yeah and i'm like that's when you know you've made it no i know connor and i know each other's names and i know he knows my name but we've never acknowledged that fact oh my goodness okay uh, i think we're getting off topic a little bit uh, I don't, uh, so that's but that's what it looks like to me right 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 no, that's good. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to mm-hmm. diminish that. So the question is, why do we do those? Like, why do we do that? And then is it good or bad? So anyways, going going back to another thing that you said, you said that you diminish, like you are more reserved in public. Mm-hmm. And that is actually something I do as well. Like, even within, like... So, like, if I'm in community group, my community group, which I co-lead, like, I feel very comfortable in that group. But then if you put me in, elite, in like, a group of other leaders, community group leaders and, like, church leaders, I'm much more reserved and hold back. In some ways, I think that – so, I'm just going to go to the point of if I think it's good or bad or not. I think it's bad in general. Mm-hmm. Again, this is one of those things that I think is bad, but I'm also bad at not doing. Um, Because you... In some ways, you're like... I don't even... I don't want to say... I'm trying not to say, like, hiding your true self or whatever. Mm -hmm. Because I don't really like how that sounds. But maybe it's okay. But I think it's more of like... I think probably who we are is who we are meant to be. And so when we prevent ourselves from being that person, I think that is detrimental and not beneficial to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, though, interesting counterpoint to my normal behavior with other people. Mm-hmm. Apparently forums is where I <laughs> no holds barred, uh, or and not like surveys, even non anonymous surveys. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like, the MLK forum that I went to, I was yeah. the first person to ask a question. And it was like, because uh, I was just like, well, somebody's got to ask a question. Right. Right. I, I have, I already know what I want to say, so I'm just going to say it. Mm-hmm. And then I went to a World Religions roundtable, and I was like, these people are asking boring questions. I'm going to ask a question. To try to get the ball roll, like I asked a question. I like I didn't really personally want the answer, but I wanted people to give an answer so more people would ask questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know why I don't care about. I don't. I don't know. I I still think that's like a 
there's like more of a distancing for that because it's I can talk about things mm-hmm. that I want to talk about. It's like a more controlled environment. Right. Right. But anyway, I don't I don't really think it's bad because I would I don't want to live in a world where everyone is not moderated by the perceptions of people around them because that's a nightmare world to me. Okay, I I see what you're saying, but I I don't think that I don't think that we help ourselves or like even like what we're trying to do if we moderate ourselves based on the judgments of other people. I don't know. I like I my my question about the the whole presentation of your authentic self. Like why is being reserved in public not an expression of my authentic self? Because you're not reserved all the time. Are you are you but comfortable? I am, I am when I'm in public. Are you comfortable in public? No. Okay, so then I don't think you're being authentic. Wait, why? Because when you're comfortable, I think you're the most authentic. I don't I don't I don't think so. I think that's a I think that's like a false perception of authenticity. Okay, what does authenticity mean? Like if I was wild and bombastic in public people who knew me would be like what on earth is wrong with austin has he had a stroke is he dying does he need help and so like why why is it more authentic for me to be like how i am when i'm more comfortable in situations i'm not comfortable Okay, maybe maybe what I am saying isn't it doesn't have anything to do with authenticity, but more to do with like quelling your like gifts and who you are. Um, Sartre talks about it as authenticity, so I'm kind of talking to him. Again, I haven't read anything about Sartre, so it's hard for me to make comparisons to what he's right. Said. Yeah, no, I'm just saying it for. My yourself. own sake. Mm-hmm. Okay, there we go. Um, so yeah, I I think that it's still important because I think that we probably do a disservice to ourselves and others by not being who we are, not being authentic. Uh, I don't know. Um, like I don't want to be in a room with everyone's authentic selves. I I think you I think you're going too far. You think like authentic selves means just like an absolute loss of like society and like propriety, mm-hmm. which I think is not true. Okay, but like I don't want, like I don't want to be in a place where a stranger expects me to talk to them like I know them. I I still think that you don't need so but see that's not be you being authentic right you're yeah that's you're, what I'm that's what I'm saying so I I think you're missing it somehow it's not about like forcing you into a situation that you're not comfortable in it's just you being more 
open to not caring about what other people are thinking about you? Um, okay, maybe. Like, So what does that look like? Right. So, so I guess what I think it looks like, and thinking about back to Tyler's email as well, is it's not it's not about worrying what other people think about us and like i don't know what i'm trying to say but like if it comes to the point where worrying about what other people think about us is going to prevent us from being like who we are and affecting mm-hmm. those in our sphere of influence then I think it's detrimental. Okay. So I, I said being cool the other day What is knowing what people expect you to do and doing that thing to meet their in order to meet their expectations. I don't know if that's really what being cool is, but that definitely helps you seem cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so is what you mean not being cool in that sense. I don't know. I don't know if being cool has anything to do with it. It to doesn't be really. That's just like how I was how I was describing cool. So okay. you shouldn't do things in order to meet people's expectations. No, I don't think that you should do things to meet people's expectations. Okay. Okay. I I just saw a really great interview with Vigo Mortensen. And Vigo Mortensen is a super weird guy. And what I really don't like about late shows is their falsity and just just like the general sense of fakeness. Mm-hmm. I feel when I when I see late night shows. Um but Vigo Mortensen didn't care at all. He seems just like a very chill guy who kind of has like a slight disdain for everything, including the late night show that he was on. That and he did right. not hold that back at all. While they're in this interview with Stephen Colbert, who is losing his mind to be talking to him. Right, right. Um, and so, like, is that what we should do? Be like Vigo Mortensen? Yeah. Not a bad... Not bad in general so i guess i'll I'll just give an example for what i think what i'm trying to say okay and I, and hopefully this makes it more clear because maybe i'm being too vague but i think for me personally when i try to present myself as someone who's smarter than i am or who has read a lot of books or done all of these things it, it takes away from who i actually am it it's it's because I think that everyone wants me to be this person, including myself, I want to be that person. I'm changing how I act from who I actually am, I guess. And so, yeah, it's not that I don't necessarily know things because I do know things, but that doesn't mean that that is who I am or who I'm supposed to be. And so by changing, changing to act and to like meet those perceptions that I have both placed on myself and I feel others have others have placed on me. 
I'm actually doing a disservice to myself and the people who I can influence in a positive way. And and I think to me this goes back so of course when I think of the whole idea of the fear of man you also think of the fear of God, right? And so mm-hmm. at least I do when I think about these two things. And so like that's why to me it's like inherently it's got to be wrong, right? Because why do I have any fear of man when everything I do or everything that I could do or whatever is in the eyes of God. And so there's nothing I, I that's kind of two different thoughts actually. But anyways, I agree. So so my first thought going back to that if I was created in a certain way with certain gifts and abilities and skills, I it's it's a to act and perceive in a way that I think other people are judging me to look is going against all those things that I have been created to do. Even if it doesn't necessarily look how I think it should look or isn't presented in a way that seems like it fits into the group. And so I think that God has given us those gifts and abilities for a reason and we need to not quell those just because we think that it looks it needs to look some way based on the perception of others. So that's kind of the first thought. The second thought is I have no fear of what other people think going back to the idea of the fear of God and the fear of man. I have no fear from of what men think about me because I know what God thinks about me. I think that's more of what the fear of God versus the fear of man. I don't know. You can disagree with that maybe, but, um, so for your first point, you could just read more, but I, I, yes, I could, but I also think (laughs) that that is not who I am. And it's not surprised if you did, but right. But um, it's not, but I don't think that that's, who I am or who I need to be, right? Because mm-hmm. if God wanted to make me in a way, make me the person who read more and just did all of those things, he would have, right? And so if he's made me in this specific way, I don't want to go against that and try to become someone who I'm not. I want to be that person that he's made me to be. Mm, okay. Um, but so uh, for me then i guess uh i found that people often assume that i agree with them on everything by nature of me just nodding when they when they talk mhm and listening to them so would you say that i should disagree with people when i disagree with them I think when it's appropriate, I think that, yeah. Okay. I I think that there's, there. it's not, a, I don't think that the idea of being a good listener and disagreeing with somebody are opposites. I think you can be a good listener and still disagree with them and say that kindly. Oh, I'm not saying I'm being a good listener. I'm just saying I'm just listening. I mean, that is being a good listener in some ways, right? No, I, being a good listener, you're supposed to ask like clarifying questions 
and repeat things in a different way to show that you understand that you you understand them. So yeah, no, I anyway. Think- but yes, my answer to your question is yes, because I don't think that, especially if you think that they are wrong and like are missing something fundamental about how the world works, you're doing them a disservice by just nodding your head and saying yes, right? Because you have this knowledge that could bring them more insight and wisdom into the world. Yeah, I could also be wrong, though. Well, yeah, you present it humbly. You don't just say, I know this and you're wrong. You can say, I see what you're saying, but this is how I see things, or this is what I know to be true. You don't have to take any of this advice. If you I don't, don't know. It's, it's just like... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't do that out of fear I guess like uh, it's more out of like non-investment which I don't know if that's worse or not maybe mm-hmm. anyway if and then for your second point I, I don't know I think it's completely different because the behaviors that people will judge you for are different than the ones that God will judge you for. But what does it matter if people judge us? Um, like social ostracization and, you know, why does the, that, the why normal does that things. Matter? Um, if a famine strikes, you would die more readily. That's okay. I guess this, this the second point I was making, right, is like, if I know God and know that God loves me and I, I know that I have this right relationship with God, it doesn't matter if I lose all the other relationships I have and I'm ostracized and die in a famine, right? Because yeah. I still have God. Right. It's just like, it. I don't know. I guess it should play into how I perceive other, like, I'm not going to watch yeah, I I don't know. I'm not going to watch a penguin video in public, though I saw a great penguin video this week. <laughs> um because like even if God accepts it because I think it would be embarrassing if someone saw me watching a penguin video in public. So maybe I should just not care, but I think I'm less worried about watching penguin videos in coffee shops. And I think more of it is when does it change our behavior of who we were created to be? When does when does the judgment of others or that perceived judgment of others, because a lot of times I would argue that that judgment isn't even there, but maybe it is and maybe I'm just naive. But the perceived judgment of others causes us to change our behavior away from who we were created to be. I think that's wrong. So in tests of people walking into a room wearing exotic clothes, um, they participants say they thought 50% of people were staring at them, whereas only about 20% of people really were. Right. So that proves my point about perceived judgment. It supports your point. Thank you. So, but yeah, I think I think that would be my thought is it's 
it's less about i mean i have i'm all for about keeping civility in public and like not doing things that are just crazy bonkers that you would do at your house like keep that's fine but i think again yeah again like if the perceived judgment that i'm taking on me is going to change the way i act from who i who i was made to be by god then that's wrong Okay. I don't know. I just I I feel like I'm just realizing that I'm lazy and don't care more than I'm scared of things. Okay. Well, hopefully that's still beneficial to your life. Being lazy and not caring? No, being <laughs> aware of it. <laughs> yeah, okay. I I don't know. I guess if we qualify it in the way that you have qualified it, I agree. I mean, I don't really know how else you would qualify it. Just being embarrassed? Yeah, I mean, again, there's a difference between what I'm saying and I'm not just saying go out there and do embarrassing things. I'm saying go out there and be comfortable in a public place to be who you are maybe that's embarrassing for you and i think that it is embarrassing sometimes but i think that there's a level of embarrassment that we should get over because it probably either a doesn't exist or b how does embarrassment even help us like what benefit does that give us i don't know or the the safety like the not not embarrassment but like the avoidance of embarrassment yeah but like i i to say broader things like i don't think not acknowledging that i know connor's name is preventing me from being myself but i do it i don't know because i don't i don't like that Right, right. And I, I guess maybe that's different. Maybe that situation, it's not about you being embarrassed, but it's more of like, even though I don't like it, maybe it would mean a lot to Connor that I know his name. Why, though? It's it's just like it's it's on the thing that you put tips in. Because that means a lot to people. Okay. People at grocery stores wear name tags. Yeah. I would if there's a study done, I don't know studies, but I would bet ninety five percent of people don't ever call them by their name that's on their name tag. And so when that five percent of people do, I bet it means a lot to them. I don't know. If I was a grocery store person wearing a name tag Whoop time out. Yeah. I'm gonna stop you right there because you just said if I was a grocery store right. worker and I'm, so you're putting this on yourself and so you're thinking about yourself, not oh, what other people yeah, are you're thinking. True. I'm thinking of the golden rule and the way Bernard Shaw does, which I think is is wrong, so it's not about thinking about what would I want. It's about thinking what does the other person actually want. Right. Or which in some ways is just being loving, right? Or they want love. Mm -hmm. And so how I receive love doesn't necessarily look the same way as somebody else. 
Right, but I don't know that about a an individual clerk. I think just broad strokes, humans appreciate it when people go out of their way to use their names and call their names. Other than me, because I am a weird robot. I don't think you're a weird robot. I think that it can feel that way sometimes, but I don't think it's true. Okay, just based on the implications of... Anyway. Well, uh, I will, as somebody else who sometimes feels like a weird robot, I think you're going to be okay. I don't think I'm not. You're anyway. not a weird robot? No, no, no. I don't think I'm not going to be okay. Okay, good. Anyway. So, now I've brought those things back to my mind. Okay, yes. So, what was the first thing I mentioned? Because I've, they have finally gotten out of my mind. Uh, a truly remarkable thing. An absolutely remarkable thing. Um, if you don't want spoilers, don't listen for a little bit. But, um, basically, I thought it was okay. I don't really remember what your your comments were. Um, I wasn't all that impressed, or I, I, I didn't really like or care about the characters. Um, the climax of the story, nothing really happened, kind of. Which then I was thinking about it today, because the ending was kind of like, okay, did the Carls actually mean anything? Or, like, were the Carls good or bad? And then I was like, well, that's probably the point, right? Because the point of us is to try to figure out if the social internet is good or bad or not. Mm -hmm. And then I think my biggest criticism, besides that, the fact that I didn't care about the characters, was that it felt like he was trying to do two different styles of writing. And, again, I don't really know enough about novels, but this these are two styles. The first style is somewhere not really an allegory but basically an allegory where you are you have an idea and a story you want to tell and so you fit characters and situations into that story so that you get your point across yeah not an allegory exactly so but the example i was thinking about was chronicles of narnia which is an allegory so that's why mm -hmm. but but it doesn't have to be an allegory this other group is a situation where you're telling a story and because of the characters and situations, you end up bringing up ideas into the mind of the reader or you're presenting these ideas. So I was thinking more of Lord of the Rings on that side where you have these, these stories and adventures that make you think about friendship and, and bravery and selfishness and not selfishness, selflessness. And so the problem was I felt like Hank was trying to do both of those at the same time, which really made it kind of terrible it just because like he was trying to fit it into your lord of the rings world but then he he was trying to build that but then he kept like throwing his own ideas in there as if like he was telling me what i was supposed to think about because with this situation in these mm -hmm. characters and i was like i just i just want to think about it myself here hank let me think again maybe it's because i know what hank once mm -hmm. is trying to say through it and if i didn't know quote unquote no hank and as i do i wouldn't see that as much mm -hmm. but i felt like 
it would have been better if he just didn't try to make a point. Mm-hmm. Or if he did try to make a point, but not as heavy-handed. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so my criticism was that the overall message is undermined by the character of the main character. Uh, so that the the message seems to be, gee willikers, we're all pretty great if we could just get rid of these bad apples who want to destroy the world. Golly, things would be great. But I think that's undermined by April, who is a a pretty like terrible person and she does lots of terrible things and her she's writing this from the future so she says that these things are bad but still does nothing to address that she just says wow these are bad i was terrible then but mm-hmm. nothing changed like she doesn't make any changes to overcome her terribleness she just acknowledges it and uh, even when and even when she decides i'm going to tell the president about this and not do anything at the very end she's like nope i'm just going to do it anyways even mm-hmm. though like so even in the story you know that she has observed these things and it's still not she's still not changing as a result but mm-hmm. no i can see that so that was my main criticism um and then the second thing was a movie called Vice. Yes. So I saw Vice. Um, Adam McKay movie, who also did The Big Short. Um, I thought The Big Short was better. Mm-hmm. Um, Vice was... Uh, it was okay. Um, I liked what Adam McKay did with... Again, like you did in the big short, but the idea of storytelling in a movie, what you can do with that thing is changing the way that you think about him. My favorite scenes were when he's talking about giving a Shakespearean soliloquy and then he just it just stops and it proceeds and basically they give a soliloquy from Richard III, I believe. Which makes which is great because his name is Richard, mm-hmm. and so he and his wife are having this basically doing the soliloquy, which is great. And then my second favorite scene was when they were ordering from a menu, but it was like all of these like crazy things that were going. Anyways, that that will make that'll make less sense. So it was okay. Yep. I'm not sure if it was. I'm not sure if I'd recommend it. I wish but. Christian Bale wasn't such a weirdo. I don't know. It's yeah. just like it's weird to me that he looks so much like Dick Cheney. Yeah, yeah. Which and then you like, think this is oh, Batman. Good, good for like, him being an actor and all, but it's just like, mm-hmm. no, that's weird, man. Mm-hmm. But no, it was good. I, it was good. So I would recommend it because. It's thought-provoking, right? Whatever you think about government, whichever way you lean or whatever, makes you think, and it makes you aware of things that happen in the government, even 
when we don't really realize it. Mm-hmm. Or whether, regardless of whether or not the story they presented is entirely true, these things still happen. Mm-hmm. See, and this is one of my, this is one of the things I don't like about biographies, is mm-hmm. that real life exists, and you have to, I think you have to compare them to real life. And lots of people have taken issue with how things are portrayed in Vice. So... Anyway. Right. And I and I think regardless of that, there's still things to take away from it. And I think that's what you'd need to take away from from biographies in general. And and the movie knew it was being biased. I mean it made it, it made comments about it, but I still think it is relevant. But I don't think it's gonna win an Oscar. Mm. I bet it so. does for I hope Amy yeah. Adams wins. She's the I was going to say she's the only chance that they have of winning, but I still don't think that she's going to win. Everyone loves not having Amy Adams. Wait. She's actually supporting actress. I take it back. Sam Rockwell might win supporting actor. I hear I, he's barely in the movie. He is barely in the movie, but he's fantastic. And I've especially loved him after uh, three, three billboards, billboards outside, outside of Ebbing, Ebbing Missouri. Missouri. He, uh, I, I don't want to talk about it because that movie should have won Best Picture last year, and it's really upsetting. What? But he like made the that Shape movie. of Water. I don't want to talk about it. Any recommendations, Austin? Uh, so I also saw a film that was nominated for Best Picture this year, this past week. Um, it was Black Klansman nice. by Spike Lee. Um, and this is another, like, based on a true story. Uh, so not everything is true, which I don't really like, but the movie is better that way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was, it was, uh, it was really good. Um, it reminded me of the lecture that I gave about the Civil War. Nice. And the way that it connects the the history to the present. Um, So I gave a revenge lecture about the Civil War because we didn't (laughs) go to any Civil War battlefields, and I was very upset. So I gave a lecture about it in revenge that lasted an entire day. Um, because what else were we going to do that day? That was our Civil War Battlefield Day. Um, And so in my lecture about the Civil War, I started with the Constitution and ended with the events at Charlottesville, which had happened while we were on vacation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this movie doesn't start with Charlottesville. It ends with Charlottesville. It doesn't start with the Constitution. It starts with the 70s. Or, yeah, the 70s. But it's, uh, it's, its goal is to show the continuity of then to now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. People should watch it. Nice. Um, I learned that the main character is Denzel Washington's son, who really? I didn't know was an actor, but he is, and he's in Black's Klansman. 
Um, and then second recommendation, I finally finished Twin Peaks. Nice. Sorry, Bless I had to you. sneeze. Um, and I thought it was weird. Fair. It, and it's supposed to be weird. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel in some ways, in the way Zach talks about the Lord of the Rings, though I think Zach is definitively wrong when he talks about the Lord of the Rings in this way. Okay. Uh, but he says. It is a defining work, but not the best work of a genre. That's how I feel about Twin Peaks. But you don't uh, feel about that way for Lord I of the Rings. I don't feel that way about Lord of the Rings. So I could I could believe people's arguments that Twin Weeks, Peaks is the best work of a genre of mm-hmm. uh, surrealist mystery shows. I don't think that's true, though. I might have to watch it again. I'd watch Atlanta again before I watch Twin Peaks again. Fair. And Twin Peaks has been described. I mean, Atlanta has been described as Twin Peaks with rappers, which is like kind of a stretch, but anyway, if Twin Peaks, maybe watch it. Black Klansman, do watch it. Sounds good. I definitely plan to watch Black Klansman. And maybe Don't one do day, it if you want to feel good, if you're looking for a feel-good movie, that is not the one to watch. I would argue that's why you should watch it. Right. Yeah. Just to set expectations properly. That's fair. Oh, but that's why we should watch movies. People is not because. I mean, you can watch movies that are feel-good movies. Watch Paddington. I yeah. love Paddington. We watch Paddington, too, just to be clear. Okay, that one's great, too. But you should still watch movies like Black Klansman or Roma because it does make you uncomfortable, and I think mm-hmm. that we should be un- made uncomfortable, and I think movies are a good and safe way to do that. I was talking to so, Dad about the Oscars, mm-hmm. and we were both saying that we wished the Academy was snobbier than they are, like art snobbier than they mm-hmm. are. Uh, no, because I think I think Oscar the genre of movies that are Oscar movies are not really the best movies that get made. If you're but, talking about movies as an art form, yeah. I can agree um, with that. So I either wish they were more relevant or even less relevant. Well, I think you also need to look at the different categories. So if you want to watch like a movie for an art form, watch the cinem- cinematography or film editing Oscar movies. Uh, no, if, the, if the you cinematography want movie... always goes to like the best picture winners. That's not true. Um, it, it often does. The Revenant won Best Cinematography, and but didn't win Best Picture because I it was the best that, cinematography. It's, it's cinematography is stunning. This is my point. We're out of time. Watch some Oscars movies. And um, watch any first final thoughts, Austin? That is an Oscar movie. That's true. It's just it's not 
It should be best picture. I'm sorry. Anyway. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.